we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perikov Tess, Pasuk Aleph, Hoy Ariel Ariel. So let's just step back for a minute and see where we are here in Chavtes. As we know, there are three kings in sequence that Yeshayahu is speaking to. The first is Ahaz. Ahaz, and these are kings of Yehuda. Ahaz was a Russia, unqualified, but was redeemed by his son, Hizkiyahu, Hizkiyahu was an unquestionable tzaddik, and he was followed by his son, Menashe. Menashe was arguably the worst, most evil king in either Yehuda or Shivtei Yisrael. So this is the period that Yeshayahu is speaking to, and he's going to flip back and forth. Second, we know that during Chizkiyahu, and you cannot overestimate the tzidkis of Chizkiyahu, what a righteous, great person he was, arguably as great as David HaMelech. Also, he brought back a system of learning and Torah. He revived the Beis HaMikdash. He revived the construction in Yerushalayim. It is said that he was destined to be the Mashiach, but as we're going to, there were certain interventions that prevented it. And in his reign, a tremendous miracle happened, which we have discussed, but it bears a review. Basically, Sancherev, who was the king of Assyria, had conquered the ten tribes, exiled them beyond their borders, now turned his attention to Judea, captured most of Judea as he had captured most of the known world. One prize had eluded him, and that's Yerushalayim. And so he is on a direct trajectory to Yerushalayim with a coalition of nations and an army of 185,000 men. He is parked outside the gates of Yerushalayim. What he had decided to do as he arrives there in the early evening, rather than begin the conquest now, he delays it till the morning. During that night, 185,000 troops die, just expire in their sleep, not an arrow being shot, uh, not a wound inflicted. They just die in a miraculous, miraculous intervention by the Kaddish Baruch So that's where we are. And as we're going to say, that Yeshayahu is going to flip back and forth to the days of Ahaz, to the miracle again of Sancherim, and to the terrible days after Menashe takes the reins of power. Billy, do we have any understanding of how a good king, uh, a Sadiq like uh, Cheskiyahu, have such a bad son? No. no. I mean, because typically, I mean, it happens, I guess, but typically... Yeah, obviously. No, there's just no explanation. Fumsara Agra. Yep, what did you say? Fumsara Agra. Yes. The people have promised raising kids even... So we begin, Pasuk Aleph is directed in the reign of Ahaz. Ahaz is a Russian. Says the Navi, Hoy Ariel Ariel Kiryas Chana David. 
that woe to you, Ariel, uses the language in duplicate. Ariel could also be Yerushalayim, but more specifically here, Ariel was the name given to the central Mizbeach altar in the base Hamikdash. It was where you brought the Karbonos. Kiryas Chana David, where David had been in camp. What's the relation of David to Ariel? David, you will recall in Malachim, there was a terrible plague and he is told to bring a korban. He goes to a place called the Goren, the threshing floor of a man called Aravna and brings a Mizbeach that stems the plague. He purchases that place from Aravna, and that granary floor becomes the base Hamikdash. It's on Har HaMariah, and that was where the Mizbeach was. So David, it goes back to David sacrificing the first altar, uh, the first korban at the altar. Sofo, Shona al Shona. Year after year, B'nai Yisrael came bringing their sacrifices to the Beis HaMikdash, Chagim Yinokfu, Chagim Yinokfu, that they would cut the korbanos. What it means literally is that at that period, they had brought, they continued to bring the korbanos with scrupulous piety, but it was meaningless. There was absolutely a disconnect between performing the act of korbanos, which is designed to bring man closer to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and what they did, it was automatic. As the Mephoshim say, they were killing animals. That's all they were doing. They were slaughtering animals with no thought uh, of what they were doing, no meaning to it. So now, we're going to switch for a second to that Sancherev, Vahatsikosi uh, la Ariel, I will cause great cries and screams of woes that Yerushalayim is going to be surrounded in that miracle of Sancherev with bodies. There will be bodies along the landscape similar to the carcasses that are strewn around Ariel in the base Hamitra. So that's going to be like Ariel. V'chanisi kadur olecha, Sancheir's siege will make the city look like a huge ball, the troops, the weapons massed together. V'tsarti olech matzav, I will set up a, a siege, v'hakimosi olecha mitzoros, I will put ramparts, set up ramparts where one can look into the city, fire weapons in the city. Then let's go back a second and discuss a character we met previously, Rav Shakeh. Rav Shakeh was Sancheir's general, a blustering, bullying man who threatened Yerushalayim, warned Chizkiah uh, not even to take him in battle, and the people were justifiably terrified. He's got an army of 185,000 men, and so what they do is very quietly they, even even Chizkiyo retreats to the temple uh, and consults with Yeshayahu there. And so um, 
what the Navi is calling to that you are going to retreat in humiliation in front of Rav Shakeh's threats, which they did. You are going to be like the Ov was that Avodah Zorah where they spoke in whispers to the dead and the dead whispered back. But the, the metaphor here is you're going to be like silent whispering people. From the dust, you chirp. Mitzavtev is to chirp like a bird. You're going to be so humble, so withdrawn, so terrified. And then suddenly it's all going to switch. Suddenly the mighty army of Sanjero will become like dust overnight. They will be like uh, chaff. Shafts of wheat in the wind, and Bahayola Pesa Pison. It will be suddenly. It will be a great miracle. Continues the Navi, Meim Hashem Oshti Parkade, he will be visited, and this is metaphorically, Baram with the thunder, Barash, earthquake, Kol Godol, or again loud sounds of windstorm, Sofa Saora. And consuming fire. In other words, that's not what happened. They died silently without a word, but it is uh, a metaphor for just tremendous destruction. Again, on this miraculous defeat of Sancherev, Sancherev's grand coalition that he had assembled. It's like a vision, a dream at night. All these nations gathered against Ariel. Ariel is also a covert for the, of course, for Yerushalayim as well as the Mizbeach. And all its ramparts, all its weapons of siege. And interesting metaphor. It's like a person having a dream, starving, and in the dream he sees food, and he eats, and then he wakes up, and he's just as hungry as before. It was a vision, a hallucination. Um, he just dreamed it. Similarly, a thirst, one dying of thirst, Hatsameh. In a dream, he drinks. He's back where he was. And his soul is just totally weakened. That is what it was like uh, attacking Yerushalayim. Um, this will be the destiny of every nation that gathers to attack Hartzion, Jerusalem. So now, uh, Yeshayahu is going to Ahaz, going back to Ahaz, Chizkiyot's father, and he says to them, Hismamehu, take a minute and ponder, look at yourselves. Hismamehu ishtashnu v'shoh sochro v'lo yayin, no v'lo you drink the wine as a drunkard, but are not intoxicated, and you totter on the streets as if you're drunk, but you're not drunk. Now, you will recall a day or two ago when we spoke the Navi against 
Ephraim, the tribes of Israel, he characterized them as drunkards. They are hammered by drunks. He said they are hammered by intoxication. That was real. That was literal, because what he was saying was that they had become so absorbed, so obsessed with the pursuit of material pleasure and the lust for um, debauchery, that yes, they were drunkards, their banquets were just debauched, uh, etc. So yes, there it applied the metaphor. Here they were not drunk. It is a different kind of intoxication. Um, what is it? The Kaddish Baruch Hu has put upon you a deep sleep. And those navis, those of your leaders, their eyes are covered with sleep. In other words, what they've done is put you in a stupor, as it were. Um, you are disconnected. You are totally lukewarm without affect as to what's happening. That's how Ahaz got away with what he did with his evil. Because you didn't protest, you didn't, you just went along, you were like in a total stupor of disconnection. So what happens is the Nevi'im and the leaders and the Rabbanim who are trying to get through to you, it's as if they give you a book and it is sealed. They give you a, a, um, a way, a direction. And those of you who know what a book is, and you read it, I can't. It's sealed for me. In other words, I'm not interested. I'm not even going to open the book. Conversely, there are those who know, they don't know the first thing. And they tell you, read it, and they answer, I don't know from books. In other words, it is a total benign disinterest in anything that is Jewish, in anything that is learning. Pasuk Yud Beis, V'nitan HaSefer HaShalom, that we have said, Pasuk Yud Gimel, V'yomer Adoni Yan Kini Gashaom HaZeh Befiv U'Beswasol. These people, they did everything. They did everything like automatons, like robots, no feeling, no connection. And so these people that guess made the proper lip service to me, and they gave me the proper rest, their, their heart is with me. Um, uh, they, they made the right gestures, but the both in their heart, it was far from me, rachak mimeni, They are totally disconnect from what the meaning of it is, from what the purpose of it is. Uh, therefore what I will do, I will I will put an extraordinary punishment on these people and repeats it again, three times, an out of the ordinary punishment, so extraordinary um, that that what will happen is the vision of its sages will be lost and Everything the sages 
will not be able to benefit them. They will be without Torah. And the Mephoshim tell us this can be the worst, most disastrous infliction of punishment possible, especially when one is going into Golos. In other words, the Gemara tell us, you will not find on the same page a halacha berura or the Mishnah berura because b'makom echad. There is no unanimity of teaching. There's no unanimity of learning. Moreover, Rashi says that it is awful, the terrible uh, punishment of not having chachamim, not having those who teach Torah available to you is worse than the 49 plagues of the Tochacha. That is what I will do. And so, therefore, we see that that justifies the terrible punishment. We have a few more psukim to go that are very deep and convoluted and certainly um, justified by needing more time to do and we are running out of time. So let's hold this till tomorrow, the end of Perek Chavtes and its terrible prophecy, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.